Welcome to the Tim Fowler Show, where production is paramount and we discuss the tools, time, and people associated with getting jobs done and making a profit. On today's episode of the Tim Fowler Show, we will be talking about the strength of a technical education with the help of special guest Paul Lewandowski of Fox Valley Technical College in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. Alongside Tim Fowler, I'm your co-host Steve Wheeler. Here is the Tim Fowler Show. Hey everyone, I'm Tim Fowler and welcome to this edition of the Tim Fowler Show. Just want to start by saying, keep the ideas coming. You guys have been giving us some great ones and uh, we're working on getting them on the program. So keep the ideas coming. If you have some topics you'd like us to discuss, send them to me at tim at remodelersadvantage.com. So we're back on the labor crisis or what those of us who uh, do contracting call, we can't find any good help. So in February... I was really fortunate to be able to attend the uh, 4B conference in the Wisconsin Dells, just a little bit north of Madison. We mentioned this conference back when we had John Viner on to discuss advancements in research in clean energy and weatherization. And uh, it was exciting to be there. Uh, I was standing there kind of waiting for events to begin, and I saw this uh, large number of blue shirts with a logo. And I, I thought, wow, this is really cool. Some company has brought their whole team to the conference, and uh, I got all excited about it. And then as I got a little closer, I got even more excited because I saw the logo was for the Fox Valley uh, Technical College. And uh, it was just exciting to see a bunch of students there to uh, see what's going on in the industry and then uh, just get some knowledge about weatherization and some of those technical things. So as I've been talking uh, with contractors all over the country, um, I'm beginning to see the bus moving a little bit on this trade crisis. And so it's really cool to see that happening. What I think I've noticed as well is that tech ed on a high school level seems to be fading, but that the college model is really coming into focus. So what I wanted to do was uh, get somebody from the school on to talk about this. So I tracked down some of the students and I asked them like, okay, if I was going to have one of your teachers on the podcast, which one would it be? And you know, I think there were six or seven of them sitting there. Every one of them said, Paul, you got to talk to Paul. So we, uh, we have Paul on today to share some things with us. So, Steve, any experience on your end with uh, trade schools? I did not attend a trade school myself, but, you know, you and I talk about it all the time. We've talked about the importance of trade schools and very interested in talking to Paul uh, to just get the uh, opinion of somebody from the inside, because we know the importance of of getting people into the trades. But it's it's you know, it's been a surface level discussion for us. So I want to see the boots on the ground and what's going on at the schools, what, what the, how the people are coming to the schools and, um, you know, what's, what has been your experience with technical colleges? Well, most of my experience was in the faltering, uh, high school programs Mm -hmm. that are around here. And, and I was really disappointed. Two things disappointed me greatly. One was 
that almost everything was going to uh, computer-based machine uh, manufacturing as opposed to building houses. And the other thing was just the, the lack of interest by contractors in getting involved. And so one of the places that these kids were going was to the unions, which was basically in Rhode Island out of the residential market. And so it was, it was just very discouraging for me. So uh, I've been, like I said in the intro, I've been really excited about these colleges that I've been uh, hitting sporadically. And uh, so it's going to be great to talk to Paul. Yeah, let's get started. Paul Lewandowski has been teaching residential building construction at Fox Valley Technical College in Oshkosh, Wisconsin for 18 years. The program was started in the late 1990s when members of the local Home Builders Association and the local NARI chapter approached the college in hopes of starting a program that would train carpenters primarily for the residential market. This accomplishment would lead to the completion of nearly of a nearly custom 2,000-square-foot home built by the students every year for the college's foundation. Each home is sold to fund future home-building projects, and scholarships for students throughout the college. Welcome to the show, Paul. Thank you. Hey, Paul. Just uh, I mentioned in the introduction that it was so great to see all the students there. So I just want to uh, compliment you for making sure that they all got there. Was that a great experience for them? Yeah, it was a real positive uh, experience. The, the students really uh, were looking forward to attending, and it, it met the, uh, their expectations. Oh, that's fantastic. So tell us a little bit more about the program that you guys have there at Fox Valley. Okay, so our program is primarily a a carpentry program. Um, Just like in the uh, intro, uh, we do actually build a real house. Um, It's a house that, you know, hits the market at fair market value. So it's, uh, you know, a a nice house, uh, you know, that uh, more of a custom house because we only build one uh, (laughs) a year. Um, Our program is... 46 weeks long. So when the students come in, um, they are working uh, on learning, you know, the basic tools and equipment that a typical carpenter would operate. Um, Half the time they spend down in Oshkosh at our shop in our classroom. And then the other half of the time they're actually out on the job site. And that's anywhere in our our district. Uh, We primarily build in uh, Appleton or Oshkosh, those are the two larger cities in our district. Um, So when they're out on the job site, I have half the students there and they're doing whatever activity, you know, would be uh, in our time frame. So our program is broken into five, nine week blocks. And the first block is um, exterior closure. So when the students come in, the house has actually been framed up by last year's students. We frame it in the summertime. So when they come in... I was wondering about that. I was I was yep. sitting here thinking about this earlier, and I'm going like, did they frame all through the winter? <laughs> yep. No, and that was actually um, with the, the people that started our program, they had the insight to not frame in the wintertime um, <laughs> and to allow the, the house to be nearly finished on the exterior before, you know, the snow gets too bad and, and the weather gets too bad. Oh, wow. Okay. So, um Again, our main starting point is the end of August, just like other colleges and universities. Uh, When the students come in, um, you know, initially they start learning about the topics at the shop in the classroom. They practice a little bit, but we quickly get them out to the job site. And um, 
if there's any pickup framing that needs to be done on the house that we just couldn't finish during the summer before the students graduated, they'll take care of that, you know, maybe building some cornice returns or blocking and uh, any kind of ceiling details and stuff that might need to be done. But then we quickly get them on onto roofing. Um, we teach them, uh, you know, primarily asphalt shingles, but we do teach them these uh, cedar shingles and shakes. Uh, we practice that at school. Uh, then we'll move on to, you know, window door installation and then uh, siding. Um, not only, you know, we primarily install vinyl siding on our job site, uh, aluminum fascia and trim, soffit, that sort of thing. But uh, we do expose them to um, like cedar siding. Again, in our shop, we practice that. Um, after that, we would move into our next nine-week block, which is interior closure, where we start talking about the weatherization and moisture management and things like that. Um, we do aspects of insulating. We don't typically insulate the whole house, but they, they learn about it and the importance of it. Uh, and that's why going to like the 3B conference has been so beneficial, or the 4B conference has been so beneficial right. um, to just kind of get more up to date on better practices and stuff like that. Uh, after that, that uh, we move into gypsum board installation. So we'll typically be hanging blue board on our job sites. Um, we teach them um, some basic taping and mudding down at school, but we don't tape and mud our houses anymore. We sub that out. Right. Um, we used to do it, but uh, that just became too difficult uh, to maintain right. a, a quality level that we we're looking for. Sure. Um, that takes us up till Christmas time. And then when the students come back from break, um, we'll typically paint our houses just to keep them on schedule. Um, and it's good for the students to just kind of get exposed to that, you know, using a high pressure sprayer, using, you know, a brush and a roller, um, that sort of thing. And then uh, we move right into our, our two finished carpentry blocks where um, we go down to the basics with our carpentry. Uh, we teach the students how to hang doors completely from scratch. So they're using a, a jig for, you know, the hinge placement, um, a lock boring uh, jig, that sort of thing. Um, we make all our own trim at school. We have a wood manufacturing program. So we um, produce all custom trim. And that's why I say we're nearly a custom house. You know, uh, it's not to say we won't buy any trim profile, but typically we make just about 95% of all our trim that we're putting in the house. Wow. Um, that's, that's absolutely incredible. I, I, that, that surprises me right there. Fantastic. It, it is, it does, it gives us a leg up in the market when we're trying to sell the houses because, yep. um, you know, we put in a lot more trim that would be going in a, a typical house in our price range. Right. And um, in fact, over the years, we've been told by realtors, why are we putting that much trim in? And <laughs> honestly, it's kind of twofold. One, because we can buy the rough lumber and we can produce it cheaper than what we could buy a smaller profile or less profiles for but also it gives our students a lot more practice. Right. Um, and, and that way, you know, if they go to a, uh, a remodeler or a builder that still does that kind of thing, they're, they're aware of those, you know, practices and stuff. Right. Um, so also in that finished block, um, we're uh, teaching the students, uh, we typically will make our own extension jams and stools. So again, right. um, we figure that if the students know how to do, this most elaborate trim, they can certainly do less if they're on, you know, asked to with a, an employer that, that does less. Right. Um, we also uh, teach them hardwood floor installation. 
and that's what our, my students are actually working on today. Uh, so we'll install hardwood floor. Um, it'll be uh, sanded by a contractor and then uh, finished by a contractor, but we're doing the, the labor end of it. Um, mm -hmm. We don't build cabinets in our program, but we teach all the installation of cabinetry and laminate tops if, if that's what we're going with. Um, we do crown molding. We do uh, typically a, some type of a coffered ceiling in one of our rooms. Mm -hmm. um, again, just to give them a lot more practice, a lot more you know chances to go around it and, and do trim on there. Um, all casing, we'll, we'll typically try to incorporate a back band into our casing profiles. So again, just more practice. Uh -huh. And um, so that'll take us up. The house should be finished um, by about Memorial Day. And then um, when the house is done, that'll take us to our last and final block is our framing block. Okay. And we will, um, we frame in the summertime. Um, last year was the first year we actually poured our own insulated concrete form basement. Uh, okay. We used to sub out our foundation work, but um, I've got some experience with that and with concrete. And so we um, <clears throat> worked with a, 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 a supplier and, um, you know, we're able to get our forms at a little bit of a discount and uh, get some expertise. And uh, we poured our own foundation and we're probably gonna keep going the, with pouring our own foundation in the future. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, when we do our framing block, we kind of go old school in that. We teach the students how to, you know, lay out rafters, how, you know, not only common rafters, but hip rafters and stuff. And then the house that we're gonna build this coming summer we are going to actually incorporate, you know, a complete rafter roof into the house. We'll use trusses for the garage and breezeway, but um, we, we, you know, we feel that, uh, you know, there are still contractors that use that type of uh, building technique, and we want to, uh, you know, keep keep putting it out there. So, yeah, wow, this is absolutely incredible. I I am just absolutely impressed with the program you've got going there. Um, so you mentioned earlier on that, uh, or maybe it was in the intro, that the school got started in association with the builders and with NARI. And so what kind of connection do you have now with the trade associations? How, how does that work now? Um, we have a very good relationship with those three organizations in our area. Um, I, I would say on a biweekly basis, I run into somebody that's in those organizations um, or I'm in contact with them. Um, we typically try to attend their meetings um, or events that they host. Uh, sometimes our students volunteer at them um, or, or we're, you know, just attend them uh, in general. Uh, they uh, have given us a lot of scholarship money over the years and continue to give us scholarship money, which, you know, helps support our program. Um, you know, they, uh, you know, invite us to uh, participate with them where, wherever they can. So, I mean, they, uh, you know, see us as a, a vital part of, you know, their organization and that. Um, yeah. we, so, Paul, uh, so, Paul, if, if somebody is out there, like a lot of the people who listen to these podcasts and a lot of people I know are certainly members of NARI and, and Builders Associations, if somebody's listening, they go like, how would you recommend they get engaged with the technical college that might be in their area? What would be some ways? Do they just call up and say, I'm turning myself in, you know, get me involved? Or how, what, what do you think might be some good ways to do that? Um, 
Well, so, you know, I wasn't around at the college when, uh, when our program actually got started, but our program actually spawned off of our wood manufacturing program. That had been established and was around for a lot longer. Um, they used to teach nine weeks of residential construction in the wood manufacturing program. And some of these contractors became aware of that, but they felt, you know what, that isn't enough. So um, I think, yeah, you know, checking with the local uh, trade schools or technical colleges in their area, if they have a program or, or might have even just the wood manufacturing um, to then try to develop something. I think the big word would be be persistent. Um, maybe don't take no for an answer. Um, you know, and, and, and dig in and do some research. And then also, I think there was strength in numbers. And that's where I think it was successful in getting our program started was, you know, you had representation from those three different organizations. You know, it wasn't just a single individual's dream or desire or, you know, whatever you want to call it. But um, there, there was a lot of people that saw the need. And then, you know, that, that helped strengthen the uh, you know, the college's willingness to go to bat for them and, and get a program started. So, so probably the thing is finding a technical college that's already uh, has some kind of experience training people for the trades of some kind and then banding together with a group of people and, and approaching them and seeing about getting something going if it's not going already. Yeah, that would be my best advice. Um, you know, that's the model that that happened here uh, with us. And, um, you know, just with talking with the contractors and, and knowing some of those original members that got our program started, some of them actually still attend our advisory committee meetings. Okay. So there, you know, it takes a, it definitely takes a passionate individual and a persistent individual to, to do this. You know, it's not something that you're going to get done in, one meeting or one uh, phone call. I mean, it's uh, these people in particular, you know, they had to attend meetings, not only amongst themselves, but they had to go down to our state capitol um, and talk to legislatures or legislature and, you know, the different members of the technical college system. I mean, it's a, it's kind of a monumental thing to get going to, to start right. a program. But right. um, again, if they want to do it, uh, they can get it done. Wow. So where do you find people like the high schools already have a built in population. So where do you find students? Do you have some kind of an outreach to the community or how does that work for you? Um, we have a, a marketing program at the tech and, and they do the high school visits and things like that. I mean, and put the literature out there in the high schools um, during the recession. Uh, I visited about 25 high schools a year in the surrounding areas. Um, I talked to about a thousand students each year when I was visiting the schools. Um, unfortunately, I think it, it seems like if you wait to get them in high school, it's too late. Uh, their minds are made up. You know, they, they already have either college on their mind or the military or, you know, whatever. But, right. uh, you know, or it might be the, the schools, but it might not be necessarily in the trades. It might be, you know, in, in something else. Um, but, uh where we find our students, I mean, we're getting them, you know, off the internet. I mean, they're, they're going onto our website, finding us that way. Our college hosts a couple of big open houses each year. Um, so we might get some walk-ins at that. I mean, they advertise, you know, for the open houses pretty heavily. 
we have, you know, because our program has been around um, as long as it has now, you know, a little over 20 years, we've been getting um, referrals from either past students or employers that are saying, hey, you know, you, you've got to, you know, go there if you have a kid or, or a acquaintance or something that might be interested. Um, so we've been pretty established, but uh, just getting the message out there is, is the big thing. So, Paul, I have a two-part question here, and I think they blend in. Uh, so when you're on site with your students and you're building the house, you're closed in and you're putting up trim, I'll just use that as an example, uh, and maybe crown molding, how many students are involved and how are you letting them take turns doing the work? So you're still moving on. And then a quick follow-up to that is how do you define quality in terms of, no, you can't use caulk to fill this joint here, you know? So how do you keep that quality high? And, and hopefully those questions blend in. Sure. So um, the first thing is uh, before our students would do the, that particular activity, they're going to practice down in our shop and um, you know, they've got to get a passing grade down there. So we're looking for tight joinery, good, you know, good copes, good miters, things like that. Um, but when they come up to the house, I mean, obviously that's a little bit more realistic. I mean, as far as they're not working on a smaller jig, um, but uh, what we'll do is uh, divide them up. So, I'll, you know, like right now I have nine students at the job site. Well, nine students aren't gonna put on, let's say four pieces of crown molding in the master bathroom. Um, so I'll break it down. There might be two or three students will work in that particular area. Um, you know, so they'll each get a couple pieces or at least a piece. Um, but with a couple different joints on it. Uh, so we'll put trim in multiple rooms so everybody will have a chance to do it. Uh, just like, you know, doing the base, um, when we do our base molding, we have a base, we have a base shoe over our hard floors, we have a base cap. So you've got three times around a room. Uh, so it does give them a chance to, you know, get more uh, practice. And that's where, um, when I mentioned like the, the coffered ceiling, uh, the technique we use to build it, uh, we break it down into smaller uh, boxes, if you will. So uh, students will have multiple turns to go around that particular box. Um, but as far as quality, um, you know, I, I would stack our quality up against anybody's in the industry. I mean, if it doesn't, you know, fit as far as like we call it like the paper test, if we can slide a sheet of paper through the miter, uh, it's not good enough. Um, and so, I mean, that's pretty demanding to get a miter that tight. Um, and, and we'll just pull it off the wall and say, do it again. You know, um, we have a very long history of turning out a quality product and, um, it's just, we, we just kind of instill that in the students, uh, head. We know that, um, you know, not all of them are going to keep that quality up when they leave here and not all building contractors are going to look for that level of quality. So if our students can do what we want them to do and they fall down a little bit when they leave, they're probably going to be just fine in the industry. Some of them are going to get a little better. And, um, you know, honestly, we have a few students that, you know, they take to it right away and they're, they're as good or better than what we're looking for right from the get go. So. Yeah. So I'm, uh, I'm just envisioning a lot of contractors all over the country you know, uh, listening to the podcast and looking up Oshkosh and trying to find Fox Valley because uh, they're all going to be after your students about a job here. And uh, but anyway, I wanted to ask you about tools. Are you encouraging the, 
the students to buy tools or are you pretty much providing all the tools for them? Uh, no, that's a real good question. Um, we do require our students to buy all the basic tools that uh, an employer would probably expect them to have. I mean, starting with, you know, a tool belt, a hammer, tape measure, utility knife, that sort of thing. But okay. we, re we require them, probably the two biggest purchases would be um, kind of like the jammer set of levels, uh, a 78 and a 32 inch level, um, a cordless drill. Uh, we don't require a specific size or brand or anything like that. Right. But, um, you know, if they would go out and buy decent quality tools, I mean, I would say quality tools that, you know, a, a seasoned carpenter would buy, you'd probably be looking at about uh, $700 of tools. Um, okay. So those are what we require them to have. But we provide, you know, the circular saws, the routers, the miter boxes, all the large, I guess, more uh, heavy equipment that a carpenter would use. We provide that. So where do they end up uh, getting jobs? Uh, are, are, are most of these students going to, I mentioned in the intro that yep. the tech schools around here, they seem to be going to the union because the union was really engaged with them in the school. Or where, where are these kids? Uh, I say kids, they're young adults, right? Where are these young adults headed uh, when they leave your program? Uh, the majority of them do stay in the residential side, at least, you know, for the, for the short term. Um, we do have some that have gone on after, you know, to go into the union. Um, but the majority of them are going to be employed by either remodelers or uh, building contractors if they have, you know, their own employees. Uh, some go into more specialized, you know, they might go into a, a framing crew or a siding crew or, a, you know, a drywall crew, something like that. Uh, but what we've been finding is a number of remodelers uh, in our area, very well-established, good reputation remodelers, have been hiring multiple students from us over several years. I mean, some of them have almost their entire company is made up of past graduates. Right. Um, their big reasoning is um, they they feel that our students come out more well-rounded. You know, they they know how to act on a job site. They they might not be experts at everything, which we're not claiming them to be an expert, but at least they have an awareness of it. Mm -hmm. um, and to be able to go, okay, you know what, what I do on the framing part of things is going to have a big impact on what happens on the finish side of things. Or, you know, or if I'm demolitioning something on a job site, I got to be aware there's things in the wall or there's, you know, other parameters I need to be thinking about than just, you know, knocking down a wall. And, um, and, and that's why they keep picking up our guys. They also um, have been using us literally as a one-year screening process. You know, does that student show up? Do they show up on time? Do they bring the right equipment to the job site? Do they know how to behave on a job site? Um, you know, can they work well with others? Can they work, you know, well in adverse conditions? You know, we're, we're framing when it's 90 degrees outside or we're you know, hopefully we're not putting on siding when it's 20 degrees out, but sometimes we're out there, you know, and those are realities. Yeah, well, I want to tell you that uh, when I met these guys, I met all guys. I don't know. Do you have any women in your program? We, we do. We currently have a, a female student. Um, okay. And over the years, uh, some years we don't have any. Some years we've had as many as three, okay. um, you know, and honestly, I wish we would get some more female students in, in our in our program, but even in the industry, um, we've yeah. had some very successful female students go through our program and, and are doing wonderfully in the industry. So they, there's a place for them. Definitely, definitely. 
Well, I, what I was getting ready to say was, you know, I met these guys at the at the conference, and I was very impressed. They were very polite, very uh, uh, sociable, um, and they're definitely, at least on face value, look like uh, folks I'd love to have in a company. So I guess one of the things I'm wondering is, is there like a like a catalog or a website or some place that if I was a, like right where I'm sitting in Rhode Island, I don't know where a trade college is. Is there anywhere I can look to find these colleges where I could get involved and, and just, uh, you know, maybe enhance the industry a little bit? Um, you know, the first simple thing would just try, you know, Googling, you know, carpentry schools or, or, you know, the like, um, kind of on a side note, our, our program is called residential building construction because at its early, uh, formation, um, the unions had fought our school to not allow us to be called carpentry. We had to become residential building construction, but, um, I, I guess there's a, uh, it's kind of ironic because now they're all looking for carpenters and they'll come anywhere to find them. Um, <laughs> but that, that's fine. Um, there, there's a, a publication, I believe it's called, uh, construction executive. Um, it puts out, uh, a, a, a publication on, um, employment or, uh, not, not just employment, but schools that are, are able to fill the need for, um, training okay. in, in those areas, um, I believe will be listed in there. Okay. Um, but just, you know, doing some general searches, you might be able to find something as well. Wow. Sounds great. So we're going to wrap this up, Paul. Really appreciate it. Any, any last little nugget of information you can give us that might help us out a little bit here? I think the big thing is, uh, you know, employers, no matter big or small, I think they really need to start encouraging um, you know, young people to consider the trades, uh, you know, there's a good livings can be made in the industry. And, uh, you know, I think everybody has to do their part and, you know, whether that's encouraging someone or supporting programs like ours, um, you, you got to do your part. Sure. Appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you. Paul, I want to thank you once again for joining us on the Tim Fowler show. We want to hear back from you. So we will be checking back. Hope to have you back on the show in the future. Thanks again. Thank you very much. Well, Tim, that was awesome. Loved hearing from Paul. And I was just so excited to hear the things they're doing at the Fox Valley Technical College. It's absolutely incredible. You know, uh, one of those experiences I have doing these podcasts is I get uh, somebody on and then I learn so much. And, I, you know, I've been I'm 60 years old, 61 years old, and I'm still learning what's going on out there. So there are just a couple of things that just really impressed me. You know, uh, actually hanging doors by cutting uh, the hinges in and building the frames and all that. It seems to me like if you can train somebody to do that, they can learn almost anything in this business. Mm -hmm. And I'm just so impressed that they've got that on the curriculum. Yeah. I, I mean, it's so important the the well-rounded education that they give them, you know, letting them have the framing side all the way to the finish side. I mean, it's just the way that that can enhance someone's skill where maybe they would go to work for a contractor and the contractors are only doing A, B, or C. But, you know, to, for them to have that full construction knowledge, I mean, I'm just jealous of who's going to be able to hire some of these people. 
Yeah, I think it's absolutely incredible. But I, I want to just stop for a second and talk to the listeners and say, look, get involved. Uh, there was a couple of things that Paul mentioned that are critical. Uh, I know some of the NARI chapters are providing scholarship money to some of these schools, which is fantastic. I, that's why I say I keep hearing about the industry is really starting to gear up and it's kind of encouraging. The other thing that he said was be persistent, get involved and, and get a, a mass of people together that will push for your community to get some of these things going because that's that's what makes the difference. And yeah. I think you heard from him how they were able to do that a few years back before his time, but the school got started because contractors, and again, maybe bridging that barrier between the Builders Association and NARI, you know, and saying, all right, this is something that's worth working together on. Yeah. Well, that's fantastic. Once again, we would like to thank Paul Lewandowski for joining us today. And again, we want to thank you for listening to another episode of The Tim Fowler Show. And remember, we're helping the bottom line through production training. This has been another episode of The Tim Fowler Show. Want to hire Tim and fast track your growth? Visit remodelersadvantage.com slash consulting to learn more. And if you'd like more information about Roundtables, our world-class peer advisory program, please send me an email at steve at remodelersadvantage.com. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to the show and comment on iTunes. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.